Morning all, it is Friday, March 10, Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio, and a very good morning to you, wherever and however you are listening. Massive weekend ahead, uh, going ahead to Sunday with the boxing. Tim Zhu, biggest fight of his career. Uh, We've got the NBL tonight, a record crowd potentially on offer there at Kudos Bank Arena for Game 3 of the Championship Series between the Kings and the Breakers. It's the start of the supercar season in a new era with the Gen 3 cars and the Newcastle 500 kicks the season off this weekend. Of course, we've got uh, the cricket going on. We've got the Players' Championship on the PGA Tour, the unofficial fifth major uh, in golf. And last night, 16-10, to 10, it was Penrith over Souths. Uh, there at Penrith, uh, a match sadly marred by a racial slur against Latrell Mitchell. But uh, morning to you, Loz. In the end, Penrith got the two points. Uh, They led 16-0. The Bunnies gave them a late scare, but you did feel like the Panthers were in control pretty much all night. Oh, their best performance of the year. Good morning, boys. Good morning to everybody. I thought Penrith came out strong. They were physically dominant in the opening exchanges. Uh, That's where they set the... The tone of the game, I, I just thought their forwards just smashed through this South Sydney team. We were missing a couple of forwards to Tyler and Jai Arrow. Um, the biggest surprise for me was the scoreline at the end of the day, 16-10. I, I would have swore that uh, watching the game that Penrith were by far the more dominant team. They had a couple of good touches towards the end, South Sydney. Uh, but Nathan Cleary's kicking game was spot on. Fisher Harris and Leota led the way up front. Isaiah Yao in the middle was was very good. Uh, Jerome Luai got back to his roaming and scheming best. And uh, their outside backs did plenty of carries coming out of yardage, uh, led by Dylan Edwards and Taruva. So, uh, look, there was a lot to like about Penrith. Uh, not so much about South Sydney, although if you're a South Sydney fan, I suppose you could say that you weren't anywhere near your best and were only beaten by six points. So there's a lot to like um, if you want to take a positive out of it. But the talking point, obviously, was Latrell Mitchell and the racial slur at halftime. Um, it's disappointing that we still have this going on um, here in Australia. Uh, you would think that we would know what's right and wrong, but obviously the education around this stuff is still not working. No, indeed. Uh, unfortunate there, and we'll give you the details soon. But, uh, Pup, morning to you, mate. Australia two for uh, four for 255. It stumps on day one of the fourth test. In Ahmedabad, Usman Khawaja not out 104. Cameron Green was superb there in the last half hour, 40 minutes or so, and finished 49 not out. These two have put on 85 after coming together at four for 170. Uh, That's Khawaja's 14th test century in his 60th test match. He's been just absolutely superb since coming back into the team, what, in the very early stages of last year uh, during the Ashes when they were back here. But... uh, I think this is going to be one of those pitches we really won't know until both teams have batted on them. Morning to you, mate. Yeah, morning, boys. Morning to our listeners. Uh, yeah, a, a really good start by the Aussies. A bit slow, if anything. I thought, I understand why. Um, again, I think this type of pitch will only get worse. And, and it mightn't spin as big as we've seen in the first three test matches. But what you'll see is the ball start to stay a little bit lower. So I think even the quicks will come into play for... LBs and bowls with that board just staying low. But, yeah, Uzi outstanding once again. Um, uh, to me, this is a great... Uzman's a great example of 
why you probably felt the fans' disappointment with the, the, the non-selection of Travis Head in the first test. You know, you remember back to Uzi going to Sri Lanka and he got dropped in his first series there and the talk was he couldn't play spin bowling and he's going to struggle in uh, subcontinental conditions. Well, he's shown he can just by hard work, practice and an opportunity. I think Travis Head has shown the exact same thing as well. He'll be disappointed, Travi, with the shot he played. Uh, I thought he was in for a big one. He looked really aggressive. India's fielding wasn't great. He dropped a couple of catches, a few misfields. Um, but Australia in a dominant position now. On day one, they've seen that pitch through the best part of, the, of conditions are gone. So now they'll want to see some deterioration start um, for when India bat. But another big day, hopefully, today of batting for them. Cameron Green, outstanding. Positive intent. Looked to play his shots, but played smart as well. Mm. Smart cricket. So hopefully he can go on and make a big score. And Aussies can get, you know, 400 plus. It'd be nice um, in our first innings. And then hopefully that we see this wicket deteriorate. Yeah, indeed. Gee, I'll tell you what, it was bizarro world, wasn't it? Just before the start of play. I don't know uh, how much he saw of a pup, but uh, we had some sort of motorcade with the uh, respective Prime Minister's uh, paraded around the field in front of the fans, and yeah. the teams were forced to go and warm up out the back, so they couldn't use the field before the start of play. And then we had the anthems, and there's good old Albo linking arms with Steve Smith, the Narendra, um, the, the Indian PM Modi. He's there arm in arm with the Indian players as well. It was yeah. just a, yeah, it was pomp and ceremony. That's what it's like though in India. Oh, I, you don't really get much choice. You sort of just go with it over there and accept if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. So um, their Prime Minister is uh, loved in part. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And I think, um, yeah, I, the players would have just did as they were told and uh, they wouldn't have been bothered. I mean, whatever we're doing, we're doing. Um, pay our respects, do the right thing. Uh, and I think the stadium's named after the Indian Prime Minister, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, know? it is. Yeah, yep. so um, yeah, you, those things happen regularly in India when they do, when they do something um, for their prime minister or f- for someone that they feel is very important in their country. It is massive, and I think yesterday was a was a good example of that. So the Aussie boys would have just yeah, whatever we've got to do, let's do it. Uh, so sixteen to ten, Loz, But uh, as you mentioned, you made mention of it. So unfortunately, the match marred. Uh, Latrell Mitchell, as the players came off on for half time, a fan allegedly called him a black dog and was removed. Apparently, it was a teenager, and investigations are underway. Jason Demetrio absolutely let fly post match, saying uh, it's not the first time it's happened to them in Penrith. He's called for life bans, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how this is handled. Uh, I think know, we got all the information. The fact is, possibly a teenager. Yeah, I yeah. think education is probably the most important yeah. thing. I, I think you have to assess all the information and take on board how old the person was. Uh, it's disappointing, uh, but you want to find out why he wanted to use that racial slur. Um, you want to make sure that he sits down either with Latrell or Indigenous leaders and learn why it's so hurtful and why it's unacceptable. Um, I don't think giving a young teenager life ban is going to help. Mm. Uh, I still think it is about an education. It's about learning and understanding. Um, it's different if it was a, you know, a forty-year-old male um, or a thirty-five-year-old male, someone that should know better. Um, we have to obviously look at it and talk through it 
and sit down with Latrell and see what type of action he wants to take as well um, and how it affected him. Uh, but I think if it's a young teenager, this is just me personally, I think it's more about education, sitting him in front of uh, Indigenous leaders and Latrell, if he wants to do that, and find out why it's so hurtful to Indigenous people. Because yeah, I, sometimes I they this just is throw out than that line though, without knowing. This is bigger than Luttrell. I know Luttrell's involved in it. I'm sure it sounds like he's been racially vilified on a number of occasions. But to me, I reckon you hit on the head perfectly, Mido. It's the education around it. I think no matter what age someone is, it needs to be loud and proud that this is just not acceptable. So whatever the punishment, it just is like I feel like if that generation thinks this is okay, that's the problem. And if they don't think it's okay and they still go and do it, then there's got to be some sort of punishment, definitely. But I, 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 think, I think we're seeing this – we're still seeing this way too much um, in this country particularly and certainly in sport. So I, I feel like – I think we need to be careful not to make this about Latrell Mitchell. No, fair point, uh, Pup. No doubt about that. Uh, now, uh, Nathan Cleary, uh, around the same time as this was all happening, he was hobbling off. Uh, around half time as well, he did play out the match with an uh, apparently a bit of an ankle injury, so uh, he's going to be one to be monitored because that would have been a hard in mouth moment for Panthers fans watching him hobble off just before half time. Yeah, not take that shot at goal, but Stephen Crichton, Jesus, a good goal kicker, yeah, he is, isn't he? Um, and a good try scorer <laughs> in particular against South Sydney. He's got a tremendous strike rate, but they were just up for the battle last night. You know, they've been criticised a little bit. Uh, and rightly so, because they haven't been at their best. But I think last night they showed that things going well, uh, they can beat anyone uh, in this competition. I think the hooking rotation was a lot better last night. Um, South Sydney, I think, were just beaten to the punch. They were just physically outplayed. You know, we were talking about Lachlan Ilias last week and what a great performance he had. Yeah, we, we didn't see that last night. Yeah, he got be schooled it, by Nathan Cleary last behind night. behind a beaten forward pack. He was, they were beaten up. Night beaten up pretty pretty badly through the middle, so it's always difficult on a young halfback, but you still wanted to see some some more touches, some decent touches from him, and we didn't see that. Cody Walker was a little bit quiet. Cody got caught up in you know, pushing and shoving and getting a little bit angry. We didn't see enough from, from Luttrell, uh, and as we've always said with Luttrell, he's not a backfield full, fullback. He's a frontfield fullback, and when you're on the front foot in the attacking zone, that's when he comes to life. And they didn't have too much field position, but when they did towards the end of the game, and he you know, had three or four touches there, they were all quality. Hmm. But you've got to see more of that from him. Uh, Ban them for life is uh, the headline on the back page of the Daily Telegraph, as we've just been uh, chatting about. So coach calls for justice after racial abuse allegations. So uh, that were the calls he called for life bans. Uh, did Jason Demetrio, who was seething uh, post-match after Latrell Mitchell allegedly uh, copped that racial slur as the players walked in for halftime. But investigations are underway. No, no doubt we'll be hearing uh, more about this. Uh, NRL fires back. We'll listen to experts, not Gould. He's uh, also on the back page of the Telegraph today. This has been flying around all week after Phil Gould's comments on 100% footy on the Nine Network earlier this week. And, uh, well, the NRL defined in regards to the independent doctor saying it's here to stay. We saw an incident pretty early in that match last night. Lost Mitch Kenny. So Tom Burgess trampled over the top of him. The game stopped. Everyone sort of stopped. Mm. Mitch, are you okay? He got stunned. I, I, I thought, oh, he's been stunned. Didn't look like, you know, 
watching on the TV. I was like, oh, he's not concussed. He's been stunned. He's copped a big knock. Everyone stopped. All good. Doctor looked at him. Club doctor looked at him. Three tackles later, the game stopped again. Yeah. And the independent doctor dragged him off the field. And he came back on after 15 well, minutes. Well, again, you know, we shouldn't be here questioning officials when they're determining um, whether a player has received a head knock or not. But once I saw that and I saw Sonny Luke cop one as well, and they were allowed to continue to play for three tackles, or in Sonny Luke's case, I think it might have been a minute and a half, two minutes, after clearly being stunned, you've got to take him from the field straight away. Yeah, Mitch Kenny should have been taken from the field straight yeah, away. Yeah, it was ridiculous you that can't... the game stopped twice within 40 seconds. Well, what's stopping you if you're, you know, you, you talk about conspiracies and things like that. What's stopping you if you're, the opposition team are defending their line, player gets stunned, the game stops, you keep him out there for another two tackles and they stop the play again. It disrupts the attacking team. They get no flow in the attacking zone. People could start to use that as a tactic. But when what's, he was just the... knocked to the ground straight away, you just take him straight off. Mm. Straight what's away. The, what's the rule, Oz? If they are dragged off by the independent doctor, is it a minimum of 15 minutes off? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a minimum. Yep. So, even, so, so if you take that 15 minutes and you're not concussed, you go and do your test and you're absolutely fine. You go back on, yep. Is that 15 minutes not the difference between, if it's your best player, the game and not the game? Well, last the Knights last week Yeah, that's Ponga. the part that, that confused. Like, does, the, does the test take 15 minutes to do, does it? I wouldn't have thought so. No, it doesn't. But they just want to make just sure. Just a protocol. Just a protocol it? that mm. they go through to make sure that everything's okay. Because you, sometimes you get delayed symptoms. Mm. So they just yeah, want to yeah. make sure you do the test. Then yeah. they give you that time. And after 10 minutes, if you don't feel well, well, then they know that's sort of a delayed reaction. Mm. That's why they give you that period. Because if they just said, right, you can go back on after assessing you for five minutes and then all of a sudden you start to feel a bit lightheaded and you start to get a headache, then yeah, the duty of care hasn't been there for the player. So You can see why the players don't want to get do dragged then. Because that 15 minutes could be game over. Yeah, and that was the big uh, talking point with, with in Ponga. particular, Ponga last week. Yeah, yeah. That's why Newcastle were blowing up. But, you know, the NRL are saying that regardless of any situation the game is in and whatever player it is, if the independent doctor believes he should be assessed, taken from the field, and they're going to do that, which is right. But you just want to see more consistency. And as we said last night, I don't know how those two guys stayed on. And yeah, I, you just thought, oh, straight away, coming you just go, the field no, straight away you go off. <laughs> but is that not a great example of why they want the independent doctor? Because their own doctor has allowed them to play on. Hasn't dragged them from the field. Well, he's done the assessment. So... That, that, that's but, why but is, isn't that isn't that the, this is the NRL's point where this is why we need an independent doctor because we don't put trust in each team like you're sitting there saying both these players should have been dragged straight away yeah from, so from why, what, why why are the individual team doctors not dragging them straight away well that's a good question I don't know but well, they're getting assessed by the trainers the physios yep, yep. straight away or or a, yep. or a medic so yep. they're obviously looking at it and then they assess the patient out on the field or the player on the field straight away, and then they make a judgment. But then they get overruled by the independent doctor. Yeah. So if the independent doctor says, no, I want to have a look at that because that looks bad, then they overrule the training staff. 
Yeah, and it seems like that's what every team's unless it's a howler, unless it's a really bad look, like you get up with the wobbly boot and everyone knows you can cast. It seems like every trainer that runs on is going to allow their player to keep going until they're dragged by the independent doctor. Well, I, I, I don't know, I, I, but you, you've got to take like why, them like on their said, word that when they assess the patient with everything that's going on now, the trainer, the yeah. trainer, yeah. when they assess the the player that they make that judgment call. I, I don't think they're doing it tactically, but what'll happen is if you continue to go down this path and that's what occurs, mm. then people will think that it's a tactical. Of course. Well, you're, I, I, I can't remember seeing him last night, but you're saying both of these look like a no brainer. Oh, to they me, both should did. have been dragged. To, to, to me straight away, they should have left the field. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, on the back page, and there it is, front page of the Herald, there's a picture of uh, Albo and uh, Modi. It says uh, Albanese rides in Modi's Cricket Circus as they're uh, on that sort of, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what you'd call that, some sort of mobile. Pope, Pope, Pope wagon, yeah. <laughs> it was incredible. And by the way, there was nowhere near 100,000 people Mate, there. not even close. Yeah, nowhere near. No. Nah. Uh, yeah, there probably was 50 to 60 maybe. I yeah. mean, yeah. not quite half full. Around yeah. the huge stands there in Ahmedabad, but on the back page of the Australian Kawaja, a man for all occasions. Just looking at the live betting after day one, so India's a dollar forty, Australia two dollars fifty, the draw three dollars sixty. So extremely tight market. Clarky, bad to ask you, are we on top or not? Yeah, we're on top. We are on top. Well, okay. We made it through a day without <laughs> being bowled out. That's a massive win. Yeah, the wicket, it's a belter, but it's starting to stay low a little bit. It will spin a bit more. I'd, I'd like 450 in our first innings, though. But don't be surprised if India come out and make plenty as well in their first innings. This is one of the pitches. This is a traditional India wicket where the last two days of the game, particularly the last day, things really quicken up. So it seems like, like yesterday I watched a bit of it. It was a bit boring. It was a bit mm. slow motion compared to the first three test matches. But I think Australia did well. They tried to play as straight as they could. They weren't willing to take too many risks. Um, after T, when the bowlers get a bit tired, you see Cameron Green come in and, and take advantage of that. But, yeah, I think we bat well today. Uh, hopefully, you know, get past that 400 mark. Probably declare just before T, if all goes to plan. Um, and then have a crack at India. But, yeah, I, I think in your first – even if Australia needs to bat all day today to make more runs, I think you can afford to do that in India because the pitch will deteriorate. But, yeah, I think I think it's – India did well to to restrict our runs, but I'd like to think if we can start well this morning, we are on top. Give us a call, 13.53.53, Panthers South fans. Tell us what you thought of last night, uh, the 16-10 to win. From the Panthers, so they're one and one to start the season, heading into a bye next week. And uh, just looking at the golf at the moment, there's Jason Day even par. So this is the opening round at the Players Championship at Sawgrass, and American Chad Ramey in the clubhouse shot an eight under sixty four to lead by one stroke from Colin Morikawa, who also is in the clubhouse. He shot a seven under sixty five. Uh, Minwoo Lee's had a good opening round, currently tied for fourth. The Aussie. Only snuck into the field, as Gowie told us yesterday, and he's shot a four under 68 to be tied for fourth, and he's four shots off the pace. Cam Davis, three under 69, tied for ninth at the moment. Harrison Endicott, two under 70 in the clubhouse. So good to see some Aussies up towards the top of the leaderboard there. Jason Day, uh, we just saw his even par. 
and Adam Scott has finished with an even par 72. So we're getting towards... I know there's quite a few still out on course, so we'll we'll give you updates throughout the morning there. Uh, But as mentioned at the top, big weekend, supercars in Newcastle, the Newcastle 500 opening round of the season, and on Sunday, the biggest fight of Tim Zhu's career against Tony Harrison for the WBO super welterweight title. Uh, Great days racing tomorrow. Coolmore Classic at Rose Hill Gardens in the New Market. The time-honoured New Market handicap at Flemington up the straight, one of the great handicaps uh, in Australian racing. And uh, Loza, we're going to get your multi. Let's do it straight off the bat. So I'm looking at it courtesy of Sticky Wings, and uh, I really like it this morning. Really do. I'm in your corner. Oh, beautiful. Well, I know you've always that in my corner... Um... You know, on air, but privately, sometimes I know that you bag me behind my back, but that's okay. <laughs> but this is what we're going to do, all right? This is what we're going to do tomorrow. We're going to go race eight, number three, hope in your heart we need her to run top four. All right? So hope in your heart in race eight. That's the Coolmore that's Classic. The Coolmore Classic. Then... We're going to go straight into the next one. Race nine, number 12, we need Waterford to win. So we're going to go Waterford to win. So that's race nine, number 12. And you want to, if you want to be a part of that BSB multi, that's paying $9. So hope in your heart to run top four in race eight. And in race nine, Waterford to win. Nine bucks, tab app, tab website, click on sports. And you'll find it under today's offers. The Big Sports Breakfast Best, Loz's Multi, and uh, gee, I reckon open your heart. Well, it's a $7.50 chance to win the race. It's a big Ooh. chance to. It could well re- win the Very underrated horse, Mitter. Very good horse. And uh, well, we know that Kerry Park is a very, very good trainer as well. Ooh. Tim Clark in the saddle. Sorry, Kerry, for putting you in the <laughs> multi today. Uh, well, you're okay. apologising early. Oh, well, you've got to apologise, Mitter. I don't want to be the. Mock that stops every horse that runs around, or the reason why they don't run well. But she usually don't apologise this early. No, I don't. But I, I like Kerry. Okay. Well, nine dollars. There it is. And uh, we've got a couple of calls here. We got Paul. G'day, Paul. How are you? How you going, boys? All right. Yeah, pretty good. Thanks. What have you got for yeah, us? Just like to uh, thank the boys for looking after my young bloke at the big sports breakfast uh, a couple of weeks ago on the, at the Ramwick. So I won the I won the uh, prize. Unfortunately, I got called over to. New Zealand for the weekend, so I sent my young mate Nicholas Bounds, and then who do he takes in? Riley um, TK's son. Oh, really? <laughs> which right. we never Yes, yes. Which, which I, I, I ran into those two boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I reckon I ran into him when I first walked in to join. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a big tall bloke. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and Riley, I didn't even know it was TK's dad as well, so. Ah, right. Good, good, good couple of young blokes. Went to Catherine School, and they went to Pice, and my bloke went to. Uh, yeah. Um, how was the Chinese, Laurie? Uh, Chinese was okay. I'll tell you what yeah, happened. Yeah. There was a bit of an issue. <laughs> That's my local thing. I used to live at Cogra now. They move, I move over to the north side. So ah, right. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, no. I we, know where you are. Well, well, the issue was um, when I said that we'd be going out to celebrate International Women's Day. And... Oh, this is this week. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah, haven't yeah, had a report yeah. on yeah. this. No, no. Well, yeah. well, it was a slight hiccup. Hey, boys, you're slipping. You're slipping. Yeah, well, <laughs> slight hiccup, Paul. She thought we were going to Mr. Wong's or China Dollar or <laughs> Malou. <laughs> but, but then I told her it, 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 we were just going locally. Just, just she blew yeah. up. Oh, okay. So yeah. there was no, no Chinese. 
<laughs> so you didn't get ID. there. No, we got takeaway tie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Confusion. Oh, oh, that camera, yeah. yes. That's yeah, the yeah, old no. go to. My young bloke wants to know who was the, who was the comedian from Queensland who they just absolutely gave it to at the day. Oh, Rob. Was it yeah, oh, Rob, yeah, he Brown? Went, yeah. Rob Brown, I think. Yeah, yeah, he said he was number two, but he said, who was the big bloke that looked like a teddy bear? I said, that's Blocker Roach. <laughs> yeah, Blocker and Spud, they would have, they would have sat oh. there hearing all those stories from the he 90s thinking, what wow, going. What was, what's going on here? Because they're all fighting stories. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they would have been going, what was happening back in the 90s with rugby league? <laughs> Yeah, did they put their phones in the plastic bag or not? Yeah, well, we told everyone that uh, phones weren't to be used. <laughs> nah, everyone yeah. were good sports. Nah, they're all good. So right. nothing, nothing's turned up on the internet, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, social yeah. media does go. Anyway, boys, appreciate that, and I'll make sure I make it next year. To no see you, so. no worries, Paul. There were some great contributors to the day. I mean, there was a lot of people that had a good time. I'm glad you young blokes had a good time. Table 12, they were outstanding. Unreal. Yeah, they were very, yeah, very walked good. Walked away with a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they, they cleaned up on table 12, but um, yeah, it was good. Good to see so many people there having a good time. Yeah, good on you, Paul. Appreciate the call, mate. Zero four one nine seven six seven two seven two on the text line as well thirteen fifty three fifty three. Now we're also tonight we've got well the Broncos and the Cowboys and news yesterday Pat Carrigan staying at Brisbane four year extension reportedly at least eight hundred thousand dollars a year cheap. Uh, he'll be at the Broncos until at least twenty twenty eight. The Raiders and the Storm among the clubs and there were quite a few of them very keen. I agree, Loz. They lost Herbie Farnworth, Tom Flegler. If they lost Carrigan, I reckon it would have been alarm bells. Yeah, I don't think they would have lost Carrigan, though. Mm. He, he, to me, just looks like he belongs at the Broncos, wanted to stay at the Broncos, and would accept the reasonable deal from the Broncos. He wasn't looking to chase bigger offers anywhere else. And he's a leader of that football team. Definitely next captain. Oh, most definitely. Once Adam Reynolds uh, leaves that club, Carrigan is parachuted into that role. And anyone you speak to talks about the way that he conducts himself on and off the field. And he's a leader. Um, And you can never have too many leaders in an organisation. And a young forward coming through, there was a no-brainer for the Broncos. Yeah, it's a huge win for them. And, uh, you know, really good news for Kevin Walters, I guess, as well. Well, it Voted is. confidence in him. Well, you know, with what happened last season, with you know a couple of people speaking about Kevy, um, Tyson Gamble and Selwyn Cobbo, uh, then to have Flegler and Farmworth move on, people will probably start to think, oh, geez, can Kevy retain these players? Um, do they want to play for him? But the way they reacted in round one was very significant, I think, in how they responded to Kevy and what they want to do as a club going forward this year because I want to see them back it up tonight against the Cowboys because if they back it up against the Cowboys tonight, that's two major players in this year's competition. They've started the season with wins against, and that will hold them in good stead. That will give them plenty of confidence. And with this team, because they've got a good forward pack and they've got some of the best young, exciting backs in the game, and they're dangerous. And this this is going to be a team, if they can, you know, Keep them there. That uh, that's on the right path and and on the right path to success. Yeah, two cracking games tonight. The Broncos a dollar seventy seven with tab. The Cowboys two dollars and five.
Okay, just on the text line in regards to last night. Uh, morning, team. How the hell did Grant Atkins in the bunker not miss the knock-on that led to the South try? The ball came loose, travelled forward. Uh, Luai picks it up, play on. We see that a thousand times and get pulled up 999 times. That one time it doesn't was last night in the end proved crucial. Brad from Broadbeach. Uh, Luai picks. Are you talking about the South try or the Penrith try? I'm talking. I, 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 Must think, be the it, try I think it's the when Penrith. Luai kicks it through. Yeah. yeah, the one just before half time. Where I, I thought it was a knock on as well, actually. So oh, yeah, no, did, I was, was okay it an with attempted pass because it sort of rolled I it out. Came out the back. I sort of ro- rolled out the side. It looks like got to be me. worth a look in the bunker though, Loz. Surely, yeah, if, that's, like if they... that's why we got the technology, that one's a good example where you've got to have a look at that. Surely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable try, though. What a kick. Oh, he was good last night, Lua. Mate, that was a brilliant kick through. Yeah. But I reckon that's why, if that's why you got the technology, I reckon that one's a no-brainer. Have a look upstairs and then play on. No one complains. Yeah, but you know what? They still look at the try anyway. Yeah, okay. Without the referee Yeah, then they... See, I'd rather the ref just make the call and then have the video look at it yeah, perfect. I and agree. then and then go. You know what? No, there is an issue here. Let's go back and yeah, okay. check it. Yep. I, I I like that system because I, yeah, I encourage referees to make more decisions like that. Yep, fair call. That that's all because otherwise you're just stopping going to the video ref all the time. Yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah, and the game just sort of tends to drag on. So I like the referees that are confident enough to make mm. the call. And if they get it wrong, well, the bunker is there to help them on a try scoring play. Mm. Well, we're about to be joined by Tom Trebojevic, of course, Sea Eagles, New South Wales star. He's also an ambassador for Ampole Little Origin. Now, applications for Ampole Little Origin are now open. Just head to nrl.com slash Ampole Little Origin to apply on behalf of your school now. It's open for students across New South Wales, Queensland and South Australia to win a once-in-a-lifetime experience to play at halftime during this year's Ampole State of Origin series. So just go to that website nrl.com slash ampole little origin to apply on behalf of your school and some great prizes are on offer including year five and year six students from 10 lucky schools being given the chance to don a blues or maroons jersey at the ampole state of origin and women's state of origin series tom very good morning to you how are you Good, thanks, Fred. How are you? Yeah, really well, thanks, mate. Congrats on the opening round win, 31-6 to against the Dogs there at Brookvale. I um, mean, you've had a lot of great moments at that ground. Describe the satisfaction you felt on Saturday afternoon. Oh, look, I was yeah, very nervous leading into the game. I hadn't played footy for a while, so, um, yeah, I was nervous, excited and to go out there. And as a team, put on a performance like we did, uh, it was pretty, pretty special. And, you know, we haven't won too many round ones. Uh, as of late, so it's good to get get, get one of them under the belt. Oh, oh, one of the most impressive thing on the weekend, Tommy, I thought, um, was the people that turned up to support their teams. Um, there were big crowds, and I, I thought Brookvale, 3 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, that's as big a crowd as I can remember. Yeah, look, I, I'm not too sure on the exact stat, but I think that's one of the biggest crowds I've played in front of at Brookvale. Brookvale you know, sold out uh, round one, and... Um, you know, the, the, the fans really got behind us and it was great to put in performance like that for them and, you know, reward them. Obviously, Tom, so much focus on, on you and uh, coming into the season. I mean, how has your preparation changed since spending that time with Bill Knowles? What are some of the different things you're doing? Uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot about just through the week, um, you know, 
microdosing things around your running technique that you you need to improve on. So um, you know, things that he found that were I guess not not areas that were not strong enough. You know, it's about working on them in your prep and any strength work during the week to I guess put yourself in the the best position to you know be confident in your body and play the best footy you can. So uh, it's an ongoing process. It's um, you know takes a long time to develop this type of stuff, but it's great that I'm you know, on that track now and can keep working on it. Even during the game, Tom, do you have to be more, I guess, economical with the times you, you know, go to stride out and sprint? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit. A lot, around, a lot of stuff around change of direction, like mm. uh, that you need to be really focused with. And uh, that's one big area that I have had to focus on. And, and it is quite hard. Like that's the first game I played and, and you know, at training, you're able to think about it. But in the game, it's a different beast. So, it's just about being smart and keep working, keep uh, trying to, I guess, instill in your brain about how to do stuff better. And then, hopefully, on the field, you can just go out there, think about footy, and it comes naturally. Yeah, I can only imagine, Tommy. The biggest issue with it would be just mentally, because I remember having hamstring injuries for a number of seasons, and that was the hardest thing for me was just to be so confident. And it took me a while to actually trust my legs again do you, do you think you'll find yourself feeling like that oh like it it's i guess a little bit like it's always a bit nervous coming into a game um you know post hammy injury um because of that reason but i think once you get you know get one under your belt and you mm. you, you pull up all right and then you, you kind of build confidence on the back of it so uh a little bit but you know i feel really good in, in the work we've done and um you know, really confident going forward, then I can keep putting in the work to, to be, you know, the best athlete I can and go out there and hopefully, you know, play some good footy. Well, you were strong first up, mate. How were the lungs during that game? Because uh, it was warm and I'm sure, you know, first game in you know, close to a year, you would have been feeling it there. Yeah, I was. Um, I was a bit tired, cramping up a little bit, but uh, it was a hot day and like I said, I hadn't played footy in a while, so it was probably expected, but... Uh, you know, once you you get a few more under your belt, you you start, um, you know, feeling better, you know, throughout the game, and, and that'll only help. Tom, what's different there under Anthony Seabold and this new coaching staff as well? Oh, it's just you know, diff- a lot of different stuff. You know, we've got a whole new footy footy staff, um, a lot of different ideas, new training methods, and how we go about our week, and you know what we want to focus on during a game. So there's a lot of areas that. Um, you know, we've, we've really worked hard on it. And I think a big thing is, you know, Steve's is re- really big on, you know, having a really connected playing and playing in foot, playing group and, you know, football staff group. So that's something we've really worked on over the off-season. And um, I think it's, you know, showing our performance. So we'll keep building that and uh, hopefully that keeps leading to good performances. Cherry Evans was magnificent in game one, but I reckon the real growth for Manly will come with these young players. Uh, you've got some really exciting young players in your team. Um, Ola uh, to the back rower, uh, I just think he's going to be something very special. Um, you've got some good young outside backs. <laughs> Is that where you see Manly improving this year? The fact that you know some of these guys have got one, two seasons under their belt and combined with you and Cherry Evans and a couple of the more older heads, you can take yourselves to that next level? Well, hopefully. And uh, like you said, we've got some really good young guys that have you know now played a couple of seasons in the first grade, and they'll just keep getting better. You know, I think a whole right edge, you know, you've got Mole, uh, Tolu and CT um, with Chess. You know, you, you can 
definitely see that that keep building throughout the year and being a real strike weapon for us. So um, that's the plan. We, we want our uh, our younger boys and our older boys to keep you know getting getting better and striving to be the best they can, and um, hopefully we can we can show that. Tom, did you see much footy across the opening round? And if so, who who did impress you? Uh, yeah, just saw a bit of footy. I, I didn't watch every game. Um, you know, watched the, the, the Brisbane uh, Penrith game and thought, you know, Brisbane were very good. We got a very strong pack, and um, they showed that. And even you know the Dolphins, um, how good they were defensively. You know, to win the game on the back of that. So there was a lot of good footy over over the weekend. It's just good to be back and. Um, definitely fills up your weekend. Probably frustrating for everyone having the bye uh, this yeah. weekend. How has it been handled by the coaching staff and the players having those extra days? I guess. Uh, look, we haven't, you know, done too much as of so far this week. So uh, our prep will start on the weekend for Paris. So we haven't really looked looked at them, and it's kind of just been a bit refreshing up. Obviously, your goal, Tommy, is to play every game this season. Um, you know, for Manly, but then, of course, you missed out on the World Cup last year. So how high on the agenda is representative football as well? Oh, look, you, you want to be a part of it. And, um, you know, State of Origin playing for Australia, you know, they're, they're, they're the pinnacles of our game. But, um, you know, right now, focus really with Manly because that, those things come on the back of playing good footy for Manly. So um, that's a, a real focus of mine for now. And then, you know, hopefully they come on the back of it. Para, as you mentioned, next Thursday, running to Gutho lately? I, I haven't seen him for a while, so I saw him a bit over, over the break, but uh, yeah, he's a local boy. and So uh, I'm not too sure who, who they've got this weekend, but we'll be tuning in to see how they go, and then you know we'll start looking at uh, how we want to play against them. Oh, well, Tommy, it's great to have you back, mate. Uh, I think everyone, every neutral fan, uh, loves seeing you run around and uh, I hope it's a really successful season for you. Thanks for your time, as always. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Now, the Players' Championship at Sawgrass and uh, Chad Ramey, eight under par in the clubhouse with a one-stroke lead, Minwoo lead. Midwoo Lee, the Aussie, four under, a 68. So he's tied for fourth and four strokes off the pace. At this stage, question mark, Adam Scott there. Uh, haven't seen Scott yet. He finished with an even 72. Uh, Adam Scott, Harrison Endicott, a two under 70. Uh, Cam Davis, a three under 69. So great to see some Aussies there. Well and truly in contention in the opening round at the players. Uh, now tonight, we've got the NBL Championship Series Game 3 and possibly a record NBL crowd at Kudos Bank Arena. Brad Rosen coming up shortly in the cricket last night. We're 4 for 255 at Stumps after winning the toss and electing to bat an unbeaten partnership of 85 for the fifth wicket. Carried us to Stumps between Usman Kawaja, who passed a century, and Cameron Green, 49 not out. Kawaja's 104 not out as we resume later today on day two in Ahmedabad. And it was 16 to 10, Penrith over the Bunnies. Penrith last night, Willow from Windsor on the text line. How ordinary a Thursday night games when having to back up early for work the next day. It was a great atmosphere at the ground last night. I'm regretting going back to the bar one more time. Dusty and not much sleep this morning. Willow, you're a soldier, mate. Yeah, soldier on, Willow. you got to get up and go at them again today, mate. Be brave, be strong. <laughs> There's the orator, L Daly, the inspiration. Exactly right, Willow. You've done well, mate. Um, yeah, when you go to the footy Thursday night, 
if you've got to get up and go to work on the Friday, and you stay for an extra one. That's has, tough. As you say, coming into here on a Friday, Loz, it's just Friday carries Friday. you through. It, you just find energy that you didn't, didn't think you had. It just builds character. <laughs> it builds character, but you do. You find energy on a Friday because mm. you know you've got a couple of days to look forward to where you can just have off. And we've got a multi to look forward to, too. Yes, we have. And this is what we're going to do for the multi. We're going race eight at Rose Hill tomorrow. So both um, of these selections will be in Sydney at Rose Hill. So we're starting late in the day in race eight, number three, hoping your heart to run top four. And then into race nine, number 12, Waterford to win. And if you want to be a part of that BSB multi, that's paying $9. Nine bucks, tab app, tab website. Just go to your sport menu, enter today's offers, and you'll find the big sports breakfast best. Uh, now, the system might be just going through its standard Friday morning reboot, so if you can't get on now, you'll be able to get on in a couple of minutes' time. Just keep refreshing your page. Possibly a record crowd, game three, series locked up, one all. Brad, I mean, how many hours did you sleep, mate? Morning to there is time for sleep after the finals. We don't sleep now. We're okay. We've been waiting from October for this. This is brilliant. Bring it on. Go those Kings. <laughs> and Xavier Cooks, he's had to deal with the news. Well, when I say deal, he's uh, lapped up the news this week that he's got an NBA contract. We spoke to him the other day. He did admit that, you know, it's not ideal time. Or it hasn't been ideal timing as he's, you know, his head's obviously been all over the place. But uh, what... An unbelievable achievement for him to get a two-year contract to find himself maybe even in a couple of weeks' time playing with the likes of Bradley Beal, Chris Tapps, Porzingis, uh, Kyle Kuzma, etc. Unbelievable. I mean, it gives me goosebumps when you're talking. Here's a young kid. I mean, I played against his dad, Eric Cooks, and, you know, great family, great team, you know, great guys. And just for him to do what he uh, has done... You know, he didn't go over to Summer League last year or the year before because it was like, no, they've seen me. If they want me, they know what I can do. I'm not going to do this. And his agent, Daniel Moldovan, did an outstanding job. And to get a two-year deal, on the back of, let's be honest, a spectacular year like by him, it's so well-deserved. Brad, what do the Kings need to do, buddy, to wrap this up? Well, the first thing I'm hearing is the Lamelo Ball record-breaking crowd is going to be broken tonight. So the crowd is massive. Now, that was 16-odd thousand. So it could be a massive entertainment tonight. Look, the Kings, number one, and then the second best news, both players are in. They've trained all week in Cooks and Derek Walton Jr. So they got their full squad back. So they're looking like things will go well tonight. They've just got to be able to tighten up the defense like they did a fantastic job in game two. I didn't think they did a great job in game one there. New Zealand will come in and they'll be ready. They've won a couple of times on this floor, so they'll be loving this. But tonight, I think you'll see the Sydney Kings flex their muscle. I think Chase Buford will make the adjustments, and that's what a five-game series is all about. And you'll see the Kings go back 2-1 heading into Sunday. You say you're confident of the Kings, but when you look through the record of both these teams this season... Um, the home ground uh, or the home arena hasn't played its part. Yeah, it's a great point, Loz, isn't it? Like, you know, you think you're going to be in front of 16,000 people and it's not going to help you. And it's so true, and that's the beauty of both of these teams. We do have the best teams playing against each other, and that's what you want, really, at this time of the year. And New Zealand, like I said, they've been great. Uh, Modi Mayer, the coach, has done an outstanding job. And a young Sydney boy, I'm sure a lot of people will know this name, in William McDowell-White, he has been phenomenal for New Zealand playing the point guard. Then you've got their imports, and they will come in extremely confident to 
tonight. And without a doubt, if the Kings do not play well, they can get a win. Mm. Just going back to the Sydney Kings as an organisation, Brad, and the fact that they're now in back-to-back um, championship games. Um, and they've also had five players over the last five years selected to go and play in the NBA. What, what's that say mm. about the league and also the Kings as an organisation? Well, what it does say is why isn't the NBL taking the commentators over? I mean, if they're that good, these Sydney guys, you know, like they should be. No, it, it, it is. It's, it's done a fantastic job. And that's, that's without a doubt credit to Larry Kessman. And I said this so many years, you know, like this is now, I don't know, Larry's seventh, eighth, whatever year it is. This league was done. We didn't have Larry Kilsman. There is no league. And what he's been able to do and create is phenomenal. We have new teams in southeast Melbourne, Phoenix, and obviously defend the island in, in, in the way it's happened with what's happened with Tasmania. I know Clark, he's got a smile my on his face. Favorite, buddy, my second oh, favourite, buddy. My second favourite. brother. I know. <laughs> I know. And then, and then you look at, you know, New Zealand with what happened with COVID. I mean, they've just been, they've been battered and beaten, the NBL, and they have come out absolutely smiling on the other end. You look at LaMelo Ball that came out and all these players, and now what you said there, the fact that five players have gone to the NBA, and not five players that were like, you know, on the vision and we're going to do this. These guys worked hard, stayed here and got going. Credit to the NBL, credit to Paul Smith and Chris Pongrass of what they've done for the Sydney Kings and an outstanding job. And I'm just proud to be able to be associated with this club and with this team. Did the Breakers blow their chance? It just oh, had yeah. that feeling in game two. Mm. You've got Derek Walton Jr. and Xavier Cooks down. And the fact they didn't capitalise, you just had the feeling, Brad, watching it. I saw the end of the game uh, that, uh, gee, they're going to rue this. And that is a great point because the question is, how much now have they got in the tank knowing, damn it, we could have been 2-0 and and who cares what happens then with three bites to win it? And no team usually comes back from that. Yeah, they blew it. The Sydney Kings, I mean, Xavier Cook's an NBA player now. I think he's played 11 minutes, made no impact whatsoever. Now he's back. Derek Walton Jr. didn't play in game two. They had it. They, they had that game on their plate and they served it up. And, you know, Simon was outstanding. I thought Jordan Hunter in the centre was brilliant. And the Kings, God bless them. They did a great job and that's what it's going to take. What about over in the NBA, buddy? Josh Giddy on fire. Yeah, what a great game yesterday. I mean, nearly had a triple-double. He did have one during the week as well. Phoenix won because they're just so powerful. But, yeah. man, I'll tell you what. And speaking of agents, Daniel Moldovan is Josh Giddy's agent. Look, now I think it's next year he gets to sign that extension. Man, that's going to start with a two, and I think, and I'm not talking two million people. I'm talking <laughs> 200 million. <laughs> Bring that on. Uh, now, as far as the Western Conference post the tr- big trades are concerned. So I saw that Kevin Durant actually suffered uh, an ankle injury and didn't play his home debut yesterday. But overall, what they've won, I think, four uh, in a row since he came well, came into the side and played. Uh, and uh, you look at the Dallas Mavericks, and since Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic have come together, not so hot. Yeah, and that was always going to take time with Kyrie because both of those guys are so ball-dominant. They need the ball in their hands. And I didn't know how it's going to work. Now, I saw a game where they won and they both had 40. 
Now, that is unbelievable, but that's two and far between. So, you know, the, the jury's out with Dallas. I, I thought it was a weird trade. I didn't know how they'd mix. And, you know, with Kyrie's background, we know that he needs that ball. And you don't want to take it away from Luca because he's an MVP candidate. So a tough one. But on the other side, Phoenix, man, they won that trade. They are rolling. That is fantastic for them. Kevin Durant, he looks happy. You know, that little ankle injury. If they stay healthy, man, I don't know who can beat them in the West. I know there's Denver and I know there's good teams, but if they stay healthy, Chris Paul's playing well, Devin Booker's playing well, they are going to be hard to beat. What about in the Eastern Conference, uh, Brad? Like, the Knicks have their eye on the top four. Have they got the roster to compete? And this surprised me because a couple of weeks ago when I looked, Celtics were um, on top and looked to be flying, but I see the Bucks have overtaken them. So what's happened to the Celtics? Yeah, to me, it's the Bucks and the Celtics. As good as New York is, they're not going to go that deep. Look, I don't worry about the Celtics. It's not uncommon at this time of year. You know, they came out of the blocks in, you know, October really well. They've done everything they did. There was a lot of talk of trades, but why would you trade? Don't forget, they had a really bad off-season with their coach getting fired and moved on or whatever it was. So I feel I can't see anyone but the Celtics and the Bucks being in that seven-game series. And then it's just going to be, right, who's healthier and who's playing well? I love that Joey Ingles is with the Bucks. He's starting to get really good. And obviously, our Aussie, who won the bronze medal, he's hitting down those shots and the Greek freak's going to work. So that will be a seven-game ripper series. Let's hope we see it. Enjoy tonight, mate. Going to be big. Oh, I'm going there now. Forget it. I'm just going to wait. <laughs> <laughs> Super Rugby in tonight at Amy Park. It is the Melbourne Rebels against the Waratahs. The Rebels 0-2 to start the season. The Waratahs 1-1. And, and uh, well, about to join us is Rob Leota, who was made captain of the Rebels in the off-season, but uh, he's going to have to wait until the back end of the Super Rugby season because he tore his Achilles against the All Blacks in September last year. Uh, he's played 15 tests for the Wallabies, so born and bred Victorian as well. And it's uh, actually news today. It's official. He's re-signed with Australian Rugby and with the Rebels. And he joins us now, Rob Leota. Rob, very good morning to you. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me today. No, nice to have you on the show. And uh, just how tempting, I guess, were the overseas offers? And why did you stay? Yeah, uh, obviously off contract next year. So there were a few offers on the table. But um, I think just... Obviously, when you get your first taste playing for Australia, you just want to be playing more and more consistent footy for them. And I think, obviously, a World Cup in Australia is to be holding the next World Cup after this France one this year. So um, sticking around um, is definitely a good opportunity for me that I saw. So, um, yeah, there were a few various things that varied. But, um, yes, one is to ground Australia and play for Melbourne also still. What yes. about the what about the sorry, Mido, What about the leadership, Rob? How much is that? Um, I don't know. Does that change your game? Does that does that make you uh, take more responsibility? Being a leader in the group, how, how do you feel with that? Besides your name now, that captaincy. Yeah, um, changes a little bit, I guess. I think um, for me, probably the biggest thing is just mentoring um, younger guys um, in the team that are coming through. Um, I think I saw the opportunity is being the first sort of Melbourne-born captain, um, more so for the younger generation coming up in Victoria, can look at someone, you know, obviously pretty AFL-dominated here in Melbourne, but um, for people that 
do play rugby growing up. Um, there's someone to look to um, how to play in rugby, uh, but also just being able to mentor younger guys. I struggled when I first came through, um, just being a bit shy and not being able to be yourself when you're in this professional environment, but um, allowing guys to be themselves and be comfortable so they can play their best footy is something I focused on while I've been injured uh, this year. And just on that, growing up in Victoria, Rob, I mean, how difficult did you find it just to, I guess, get recognised and taken seriously as a prospect in rugby, considering obviously being an AFL mad state? Yeah, it was, um, nah, I think, obviously, school competitions, I was probably playing just AFL, um, bit of basketball and soccer as well. So I think the, the main competitions where we would be seen were um, competing at national competitions, so playing rep for Victoria um, and going over and playing, obviously, Queensland, New South Wales, through the ranks from, obviously, under 14s, 16s, 18s. Um, so they were our main opportunities to obviously, you know, put our full forward and try and get seen by obviously scouts or trying to make the Australian teams because from there it was more um, mainly making under 20s. You get for Australia, you um, get um, I guess a good look at guys from that age who would obviously get signed to Super Rugby and onwards. So um, yeah, it was mainly trying to prove ourselves at uh, national competitions. Yeah, you've had a 0-2 and two start to the season, Rob. Um, yeah. You went down to the Hurricanes last weekend only by six points. Do you feel as though the side is improving and taking on the Waratahs t- tonight, uh, what do you think the squad needs to do to beat them? Yeah, I think we are definitely improving. I think uh, the showing that we put out against the Hurricanes coming back in that second half, you know, Hurricanes are very good uh, outfit, so um, I think we're down probably two tries at half time, two tries in a bit, but being able to come back in that second half showed um, the fight that we have as a team. Um, I think we've we've copped a few injuries to start the year, but uh, the depth, the guys that have stepped up, um, really proving themselves, and um, we talk about building one in the build a winning culture. I think we're heading towards this. Uh, and obviously against the Waratahs, we know there's a lot of great players that are playing for them. Uh, but coming down to Amy Park, you know, something that we turn hold is an advantage for us, being able to play in front of our home crowd. So uh, we'll be looking forward to the challenge and if we can get it, get one up on them and bring back the Weary Dunlop trophy also. How's the Achilles? So have you got a, a, a date as to when you're going to be back, Rob? Yeah, so uh, not an exact date, but um, aiming towards May. So um, I think I'm aiming towards the last three, hopefully four rounds out of the season and then leading into finals also. So, um, yeah, aiming for some time in May. Oh, great stuff, Will. Uh, great to see that you've re-signed with Australian Rugby. Looking forward to seeing you back on the park. Big year, of course, with a World Cup coming up. Appreciate your time, Rob. All good. Thanks, guys, for having me. Cheers. Rob Leota there, the injured Melbourne Rebels captain, back uh, in, uh, well, a month or two's time. And uh, the Rebels, $2.65 uh, tonight. The Waratahs, $1.45 for that Kings game tonight as well. The market for that, the Kings are $1.62. The New Zealand Breakers, $2.30. Big game for the Kings, isn't it? Because oh. if, they, if they can win this game, it just puts them in the best possible position. Uh, 
And I think you, you said it before, you know, the breakers, they had their golden opportunity last week when those two guys, Walton Jr. Mm. and Xavier Cooks, didn't play a lot of or spend a lot of time on the court. That was their moment to go 2-0 up, and I, that might have knocked them around, I reckon. Yeah. whoever You get the feeling whoever wins tonight, yeah. you're winning the championship. Yeah. This is it. Uh, and this is, speaking of champions, the multi is the multi of champions. This is what we're doing tomorrow, both at Rose Hill Meadow. So we're starting out. We're going to wait until towards the end of the day. Well, you're waiting until the group one. Yeah, well... Group one, Laurie. Um, <laughs> race eight. Race eight, number three, hope in your heart to run top four. And then we're going to follow it up in race nine, number 12, Waterford just wins. And if you want to be a part of that BSB multi, that's paying $9 this morning. Nine bucks under today's offers at seven o'clock.